All right, everyone, we're glad to see you tonight. Thank you for being here. We got several who are out sick tonight, but we're glad you're here with us. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing like we mean it. Let's talk about Jesus. Here we go now. Ready? One, two, one, two, three. Let's talk about Jesus. You going to sing? The King of Kings is He. The Lord of Lords supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. That's great. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads tonight. Lord, we love you this evening. And we're glad to be in your house. We are thankful for the opportunity that you've provided for us to assemble together on this Wednesday night. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our Awana program. Lord, bless our folks who could not be here tonight because of sickness. Lord, I pray that you touch them. Bless our Bible study in Christ's name. Amen. Let's face our American flag. Thank you, Brother Coffee. Put your hand over your heart. Ready? Attention. Salute. Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Awesome drop. Grab your uh, Christian flag. I'm sorry, Christian flag. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. Now grab those Bibles if you have them. Ready? Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path and hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Good job. All right, adults, you can be seated. Cubbies and Sparks, you guys can head on out tonight. Here we go. Have a good time, guys. Have a good time, buddy. Give me a high five. Thank you, Ms. Marsha. We're going to do the other one first, Brother Coffee. The redeemed one first. All right. Brother Ken is one of those who are out sick tonight, so you guys are really getting third string on that. Uh, but when, uh, when uh, this gives me a chance to sing a couple of songs that I really love. You all know that I love Fanny Crosby. So we're going to sing a couple of Fanny Crosby songs, two of my favorites, one of which we sing all the time. We sing this one a lot. The next one we're going to sing is uh, it's not sung very often, but we'll learn it in just a little bit. So let's all stand together. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Babe, do that in A flat, if you would, please. Put it up to A flat. Thank you. Let's sing that. Here we go. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Sing with us now. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
the third verse to that? Yeah, yeah, let's sing that. We never sing the third verse because we're Baptists. We're going to get to heaven and find out all these songs had a third verse. This is a fantastic verse. Love this verse. Sing like you mean it. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Let's sing the third verse and then we'll do the fourth one as well. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and Number four, I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight, who lovingly every footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the so much. We're going to remain standing for prayer. Give you two prayer requests quickly. Please pray for Sister Lisa Coffey. A lot of you know she's been dealing with some significant back issues. She had to leave tonight. So please pray for Lisa if you would. Pray also for uh, Johnny Glenn. I think a lot of you know Brother Johnny. Uh, he uh, is in significant health uh, problems. He's up in Roanoke Hospital, Carillion. Please pray for Brother Glenn if you would. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Scott, you come get ready to sing for us. Lord, we love you tonight. And again, we're so thankful to be in your house this evening. Lord, I pray your blessings upon the services tonight. Again, bless our Bible study time. May your son be glorified. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Brother Scott. of Bethlehem appeared a star while angels sang to lowly shepherds three wise men seeking truth traveled from afar hoping to find the child from heaven falling on their knees Bow before the humble Prince of Peace. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Bring an offering to you. The 
sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is no shadow in your presence. No mortal man would dare to stand before your throne, before the Holy One of Heaven. It's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Bring it on. Thank you, Brother Scott. All right, we're going to sing a, another song. This is a song that I grew up singing. Uh, all of my life, I used to sing this song in church. Uh, it's uh, another Fanny Crosby song called Tell Me the Story of Jesus. How many of you know this song? How many of you have never heard this song? A couple of you. Well, you're going to learn it tonight. Let's all stand together one more time. Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Right on. We're going to do the first verse and last verse. And as you sing it tonight... First verse is a beautiful picture of the Christmas story, and the last verse is a beautiful picture of resurrection story. So we're going to do both of them tonight. Tell me the story of Jesus, Fanny Crosby. Let's sing it, baby. Here we go. Tell me the story of Jesus right on That was a beautiful song, a beautiful picture of Christmas. The last verse is a beautiful picture of Easter. And I remind us all, the baby in a manger became a lamb on a cross. Amen. Let's sing this last verse together. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell 
right teens and young adults that are heading out, you're going with Brother Josh tonight. Turn on your Bibles tonight, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians, everyone. 2 Corinthians chapter number uh, 2. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 2. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians. I got ready to say 2 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tonight. We'll begin in verse 14. And then we're going to read uh, the rest of that chapter, just a couple more verses, and read a few verses from chapter number 3. Uh, I ask you also to be praying now for our upcoming drama. Pray that folks would get healthy. I don't need to tell you that sickness is rampant in our community right now. Uh, we're seeing it everywhere. So pray that, pray that folks will be healthy and that we can present a clear presentation of the gospel in a week and a half. We're sure excited by it and uh, ask that you pray for us. First Corinthians is where we'll be looking tonight, chapter number two. We're going to read down again through the rest of this chapter, a couple of verses, and then also pick up in chapter number three. Grew up all of my life hearing preachers say there are two kinds of people, saved and lost. And that's very true. Everybody that we meet is one of those two classifications. They're either saved or they're lost. What I didn't grow up hearing, uh, oftentimes pre preachers talk about, is that God further differentiates the saved crowd into two other categories. Let me say that again. God further, Paul specifically here in this chapter, further differentiates the saved folks into two different categories. Let's look at it tonight. 1 Corinthians, beginning in chapter number 2, verse number 14. But the, what's that word there, church? Natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know it, because they are spiritually discerned. We're going to talk about that category of people, the natural man. But I want you to look at what it says in verse 15. He that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So in these couple of verses, we got the... The, the really two big, broad classifications of people. We got the natural man. We're going to talk about him. We got the spirit, and I use the term man loosely. You know I mean person. We got the, the natural man, which is the lost person. We've got the spiritual person, the, the spiritual individual, which is the saved person. But then Christ, or, or, or God, further clarifies or refines, if you will, a subcategory Within the broader group, spiritual. Look at chapter 3, please. Notice what it says. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. i got to pause a moment and remind you that Paul's writing to this church. This is a body of believers. This is a group of saved individuals for the most part. 
This is a group of folks who had come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is not the natural man. This is not the lost man. This is the saved man. And Paul says, I can't even talk to you uh, like I should, like you are spiritual. He says, but as unto, what's that word there, church? As unto what? Carnal. You write in your Bibles, underline the word carnal. It's that subcategory, if you will, that subclassification that's often not talked about in our circles anymore. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse number two. For I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, or that means up to this point, you were not ever to bear it, neither yet now are you able. And finally, verse three. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is And I love how he clarifies this, how he describes it. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So I'm going to talk about tonight three categories of people. Classifying and categorizing people is something we do all the time. We do it without thinking about it. When we meet somebody, we, we automatically think of them in terms of their gender, in terms of their race or ethnicity. We think of them perhaps as you get to know them in terms of education, socioeconomic status. There's all kinds of ways that we differentiate people inherently without even being told to do it. The Bible also does the same thing. It puts people into categories. Now, sometimes when we do that, you have to be very careful, but you understand that when we talk about someone, this is, pause the recording. When we talk about someone being male or female, that's not bad. It just is. Amen. Today, we, we understand that the reality of this kind of pigeonholing or categorizing or classifying is just inherent to being a person. Well, when it comes to the matter of our spirituality, our walk with God, our, our status with God, I've always heard and still believe that there are two types of people, saved and lost. We get it. But within the category of saved, there are two more classifications. There's spiritual and there's carnal. So I'm going to kind of give it to you in a different way for you to think about. There's the lost man. We're going to talk about him tonight. Paul calls him the natural man. There's the spiritual man. That's the person who's saved and acts like it. And then there's the carnal man or woman, boy or girl. And that's the one who's saved but acts like he's lost. I want us to look at him tonight as we look at the three kinds of people. Number one, there we're going we're gonna to start with the, the natural man. The natural man. We would call him today, using our language, the lost man. Go back into your text, if you would. Chapter number 2, verse 14. Put your bookmarker there. We're going to jump around a few verses because I want to use some corollary passages. Paul gives us a minor description here. We're going to look at some other passages as well as we talk about this natural man and how he or she conducts himself or herself. Look at verse 14. Chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not... The things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, 
because they are spiritually discerned. So our first category, our first group, we're going to call that that natural man, that, that lost person. Let me talk to you very quickly about him. According to, and turn, turn, again, put your bookmark there, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. According to Ephesians chapter number 2, this natural man is dead, even if he doesn't know it. Ephesians chapter 2. Again, the same writer, Paul, makes very clear in Ephesians chapter 2 that this natural man is dead even if he doesn't realize it. Look at what it says in chapter number 2. And you hath he quickened, that means brought to life, enlivened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. So this natural man, apart from a saving knowledge of Christ, is literally a dead man walking. We understand that when Paul talks about him being dead, that the man lives and breathes, but he is in a perpetual state of spiritual death. Several weeks ago, as president, I have a state car where I travel to meetings. Several weeks ago, I was uh, 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 left my office there at the college, went out and getting ready to head to Danville for a meeting, opened the door. I noticed it was strange because I didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. I got in, turned the ignition, and nothing happened. Somebody tell me what it was. Dead battery. Look at me. Still a car. No power. Still a car. Couldn't turn the lights on. Still a car. Engine's not going to fire. Still a car. Couldn't turn the radio on. Still, I mean, you go out, you go out on the outside of it, and nothing's changed. Still looks like a car. Nothing about the exterior's changed. But there was nothing I could do that would start that thing up short of, short of uh, 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 connecting it to a power source. A, a, a lost person is the very same way. Looks like a man or a woman, acts like a man or woman, but inside, spiritually, there is deadness because that power source has never been connected to the saving blood of Christ. Not only dead, but I also want you to note he's directed. Look at, we're still in chapter 2, verse 1. Notice what it says now as we transition to verse 2. Wherein, in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we, had our, we all had our conversation in times past, lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This is a, a rather lengthy little passage that Paul gives here. Let me summarize it for you. This, this may, may sound really theologically deep. I hope you're ready. Shouldn't surprise us when a, when a lost person acts like he's lost. We should not be surprised when a person who doesn't know the Lord lives a life that indicates he or she doesn't know the Lord. That shouldn't shock us. And in fact, what Paul says very plainly throughout this entire chapter of chapter 2, among many other things, he talks about the fact that the lost man is not only dead, he's directed by his flesh, he's directed by Satan, and we shouldn't be surprised when he or she doesn't live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Last thing about this person, he also is in darkness. One more place I'd ask you to turn with me, if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You're going to go back a few pages. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
Look at verse 4. Notice what it says. This is a powerful statement discussing this natural man, this carnal, indiv- uh, this, this person who doesn't know the Lord. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I hope you understand what I'm about to say tonight. Prior to you getting saved, the enemy did everything he could to keep you from getting saved. There is a literal blindness that the enemy puts in front of us to prohibit us from seeing the light of Jesus Christ. Here's the good news. There's not enough darkness to keep the light out. So, so when we talk about this, 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 this unsaved, this natural person as being dead in trespasses and sin, as living in darkness, and I'll also just add that they, that they don't understand those of us who know the Lord. Paul also says to the Corinthian church, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. To us who are saved, it's the power of God. We shouldn't be surprised, again, when the lost person acts like it. Go back to our scripture text now. That's the carnal person. Excuse me, that's the, that's, the, that's the lost man, the natural person. Let's go back to our scripture text and notice what it says in 1 Corinthians. We're going to talk about, we, we, we've, we've talked about that, that natural man. Let's talk about the spiritual man, the saved individual. Look at verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15. But he that is spiritual, 1 Corinthians 2.15, he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but ye have the mind of Christ. You write in your Bibles, I encourage you to underline that last phrase. We have the mind of Christ. When the maintenance staff at Patrick and Henry Community College came and took out the old battery and put in the new battery, the outside of that car looked exactly like it did three hours previously. But everything inside worked. The lights worked, the radio worked, the the, the engine cranked. Everything about the inside was different. But had you been standing on the outside, you wouldn't have known anything had changed. It all looked identical. But what a difference when the power source had been turned on. It's the same principle, folks. The difference between the natural man, woman, boy, or girl, and the spiritual man, woman, boy, or girl, is as seismic as it can be. On the outside, they may, you may not be able to tell the difference, but on the inside, the capacity is altogether different. What makes us different? Well, I love what Paul says, we have the mind of Christ. That means we live by the Spirit. The spiritual man lives a life that's governed by the Holy Spirit. You know this already. The spiritual man gets into the Word and allows the Word to transform him because he's different because of it. You don't have to turn, but I'm going to read it to you again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're almost there. You can flip back a page or two if you want. Notice what it says in verse number 12, 1 Corinthians 2, 12. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Spiritual man is able to receive the truths of this world. He's able to grasp the spiritual things of the world. He can understand the Bible. He understands the reality of it. And when the treasure of God's word is opened, the spiritual man is wise enough to gather all that he can because he or she understands that nothing changes a life more than the word of God. That there is nothing that brings a difference more than the word of God. So now I want us to spend our last few minutes tonight talking about this third category. And I have to be honest with you. You don't hear preaching about this anymore. You you, you just don't. You see, I'm I'm 100% convinced. Don't throw your Bibles at me. I'm 100% convinced that the, the most dangerous people in the world are not lost people. Most dangerous people are people who are saved but act like they're lost. Most dangerous people, and oftentimes the most unhappy people the most miserable people. I am convinced that a backslidden carnal believer is Satan's playground. Convinced that damage that often gets done in church and often gets done in society and often get inflicted in a home and often tears a family apart is the danger that comes from a saved person who knows the Lord but is rejecting the God that he knows. And Paul gives that category of people an altogether different name. He calls them carnal. Now, it is not our job ever to ascertain someone's spiritual closeness to God. You're going to see in just a moment, the language that Paul uses makes it very plain that if they stay in that state, there's damage that gets done. You know, I think we all understand when you're looking at Paul's classification and he talks about milk and meat. When a a baby is born, nobody is surprised to see a six-month-old with a bottle. That's the natural course of events. Nobody is surprised to see a one-year-old with a bottle. That's the natural course of events. But if a child is six years old and still has a bottle... Child is 10 years old, still has a bottle. An adult's 25 years old and picks up a bottle. You are rightfully going to say something's not right. You're not, you're not, that's not judging them. It's simply saying this is not the natural course of events. I think another way we can think about this carnal group of believers as immature. Believers, Let's go back into our text tonight and see what the Bible says about them. Notice chapter 3 of our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1. We've talked about natural. We've talked about spiritual. Let's talk about carnal. Notice what it says, verse 1. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. That means I couldn't talk to you like, like, I, like I wanted to. I couldn't talk to you as a spiritually mature believer, but as under carnal, and he he makes a comparison, even as unto babes in Christ. Listen to me, church. You know this. We're going to read some more verses, but you know this. 
No sin, shame, or sorrow in a baby acting like a baby. Supposed to. There's a real problem when that baby doesn't mature. Something's amiss. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to nod your head. You don't have to point. Ever meet adults that still act like babies? Amen. And I don't just mean in human sense. I mean in spiritually as well. You understand that the age has nothing to do with spirituality. So let's talk about this carnal individual for just a moment. This carnal individual can't walk spiritually. This person is always losing the battle of the flesh. Again, verse number two, Paul says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. You can't handle it, Paul says. Can I paraphrase this? You know, Paul didn't pull punches. He was not someone who would sugarcoat. He looks at the Corinthian church and he says, you all are acting like a big bunch of babies. You're acting like a big bunch of babies. And consequently, I really can't take you further into the word. I can't feed you with with the meat of the word of God because all you'll do is whine and cry and complain. So I got to just keep giving you the milk. Listen to me, church. I'm afraid today we have a, 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 a churches full of folks. I don't mean S-A-G-B-C. We have people today who want nothing more than milk. They are content with milk because the meat means, oh, my gosh, I might have to do something a little bit different in my life. What is happening at this church that makes Paul so blunt and so direct that he calls them a bunch of babies? Well, we left off reading, but I want you to go down with me, if you would, please, to verse number three. Go to verse three. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I'm of Paul, another saith, and another, I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers, by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, nor he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. If I could summarize What's happening in this Corinthian church, it's that they are dividing, listen now, they are dividing and splitting and separating over things that don't mean a hill of beans. Does that not identify so much of what's happening in independent Baptist churches today? We are splitting, separating, and breaking fellowship with others over things that ultimately don't really matter. Did you hear me? If Paul was talking to us, I think he'd call us a bunch of big old babies. Let me give you an example. We, I, love hymns. So therefore, because I'm the pastor, and because I, I, I decide who the song leader is, I say to them, we're going to sing hymns. Congregation, we're going to sing hymns. I like them. They feed my soul. We're going to sing them. There are other Baptist churches who are stout in their doctrine. They don't sing hymns. That means they're not right with God, church. We don't have to break fellowship with somebody because they don't sing the same kind of songs that we do. But it's happening all over independent Baptist churches today. 
every, every Baptist church, they got different standards of dress. That's their business. That's how they handle things. We don't have to break fellowship because someone doesn't dot their I's. And maybe y'all don't follow the same social media groups I follow. But this is rampant in our churches today. And listen to me. We look like a bunch of big old babies. And then we'll get up and complain about why this church across the street is attracting people in droves because they're focusing on the main thing, getting people to Jesus Christ. May I submit to you folks that the divisiveness that is running rampant in so many circles today is pulling us away from what really matters. I can promise you when you breathe your final breath and you get ready to step into heaven, the Lord is not going to say, have you memorized amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That's not what he's going to ask you. The only thing that's going to matter at that point is, are you washed in the blood? He might ask you that one. Are you washed in the blood? <laughs> Go back into our text one more time. Notice what it says in verse number two. We've read it a couple times. Fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet carnal. See, this carnal man, he can't walk spiritually. He can't war spiritually. Ephesians, you don't have to turn, makes very clear in chapter 6, verse 10, that we have an entire armor of God. But if you look at the defensive weapons, hear me now, please get me on this. If you look at the defensive weapons that God gives us in the armor of God, Paul makes very clear that they are defend us from the attacks of Satan not other believers in Christ. You can go home and look at it tonight, Ephesians chapter 6. We've got offensive weapons. We've got defensive weapons. And the defensive weapons are meant to protect us from the shields and arrows of the enemy. The enemy is not another church, another denomination, another style of worship. The enemy is Satan. I, I, I submit to you tonight, we are attacking the wrong enemy. Last thing, go back finally to verse 3. We're done, I promise. Verse 3. You're yet carnal, whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, we look like babies. Can I submit to you folks, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. I've shared that. I got, you can close your Bibles. This is how silly this can get sometimes. That quote that I use all the time. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Anybody know who that comes from? Stephen Covey. Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Stephen Covey's entire conglomeration. He's got seven habits of highly successful students, seven habits of highly successful leaders, seven habits of highly successful... I mean, the, the company has made billions off of seven habits. And one of his most famous quotes is for business leaders, and he says, as CEO, as, 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 as the head of an agency, your main things keep the main thing the main thing, whatever that is. For church, the main thing is twofold. Get people saved and strengthen them in Christ. Everything else becomes secondary. 
I was, I was at a Baptist preacher's fellowship. And as I preach, and so I lovingly said, fellas, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And about 75% of them, amen, preacher, that's great. We got out for the lunch, and two good godly Baptist brethren came up and ripped me a new one. Well, Stephen Covey's not Baptist. How dare you stand up in a pulpit and quote someone who's not Baptist? And which I lovingly had to say, neither was Jesus. Neither was Jesus. And neither did he speak King James English. We're King James. That's all we'll use in this church as long as I'm a pastor. But Christ didn't speak King James English. We are separating over stuff that makes us look like babes in Christ. I know I'm preaching to the choir. This is the Wednesday night crew. But every once in a while, the choir needs a good message. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Lord, thank you for our time tonight. Thank you for a few moments to open up this word and be reminded about what it means to really walk in faith. Lord, help us as your children to keep the main thing the main thing. To lead others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, strengthen them in their walk. Help us, Lord, to to be spiritual, not carnal, so that we can grow in grace and grow in Christ and become more like you every single day. Lord, bless those in our church who couldn't be here tonight. Lord, I could, could name 20, 30 folks who'd be here tonight, but for health issues, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them, restore them, bring them back to our service on Sunday. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here tonight, church. God bless you.